Today's episode of the Big Bark Podcast is brought to you by dogs.ie. It's the Big Bark with the latest of the canines. The Big Bark, all the doggiest of headlines. With your hosts, Dara, Millie, Roxy and Bruno. They're the kind of dogs that you know. It's time to talk about health, nutrition, training. Talk with canine professionals, owners and dogs. It's the Big Bark, the Big Bark, all the canine stories for you. Hello and a big welcome to the Big Bear Podcast, brought to you by Dogstar.ie. I'm your host, Daryl Burke, and as always, I'm joined by my three wonderful canine co-hosts. We have Millie to my left, and Bruno, kind of also over there to my, I suppose, lower left. And then sitting right here on the couch, cuddled up next to me, as always, is Roxy. So, what's happening? It's been a couple of weeks now since we had a new episode. It was just kind of getting content, I suppose, together. And we're really in the run-up to Christmas because today is the 1st of December. So we're quickly approaching Christmas. And we have a bit of a full show for you today. We're going to be chatting to you a bit about our special stream live episode on the 10th of December on which we will be doing the raffle. This will be a video-based episode of the show and it will be going out on Facebook and Instagram. A bit more on that to come a bit later on. We'll have a word from our sponsors a bit later on. We are also joined today by Dr. Ashley Bugler, who is going to be chatting to us about, well, I suppose it's an uncomfortable topic in, for a lot of people, but it's when your female dog goes into season, or as most people call it, into heat. So what do you need to watch out for, especially if it's your first time your senior dog going into heat and there's nothing to be freaked out about it's all part of nature and roxy who is now just gone nine months roxy recently went through her first season her first heat cycle so i wanted to find out from ashley what were the things that owners need to expect because something a lot of owners when they get a new puppy and they see these um i suppose the signs of being in season like the likes of the blood dripping and etc etc i won't go into too much gory detail there now but the licking and a few other bits i'll go into kind of my own story of uh how we handled everything with roxy and in a few minutes and we'll also uh join so ashley will be talking about that we'll also be chatting with uh samantha rawson a bit later on and Samantha today is going to be talking about because this is something that we actually saw a lot, uh, a lot about. Is I suppose when a dog is in season, they get I suppose needy and clingy, and even being away from Roxy for a few minutes, she was she had the most unreal separation anxiety. I think that I've probably ever seen in any dog. So that was something that. We experience, and that's something that Samantha will be taught about how to deal with separation anxiety in your dog. So, what else is there? Uh, yes, we'll be talking all a bit about our live Christmas special, which sees the return of all I woof for Christmas. So, we'll, I suppose, we'll get kicked off with that for a start. So, cue the Christmas music because it's the 1st of December, so we're allowed to play Christmas music now. It's a bit rock version of Silent Night, but it's cool. So, okay. Uh, here we go. So, okay. Happening on the 10th of December, we have All I Woof for Christmas. Now, All I Woof for Christmas is a probably around hour and a half, two hour event. It's a much more scaled down version of what we did during COVID. Because nobody wants to be looking at TV anymore, on, like online and streaming events, when they dealt with so much of that during COVID. Now, we will be talking about the best things to buy your dog for Christmas. The best toys, the best treats, you name it. Uh, we will be chatting with the guys from Kane and Connectables. We'll be chatting to a couple of pet shops as well about what they have in stock. We will have Santa Claus himself on the show. He will be joining us to chat about what you need to be doing with your doggy, I suppose, this Christmas and how to look after your doggy 
and how to treat them and how to get them all the proceeds that Santa Claus is going to bring them. Or better yet, Santa Paws. We will also be chatting uh, as part of our Christmas episode to again to Dr. Ashley Bugler from Treaty Vets who will be telling us all the I suppose the dangers and everything that you have to watch out for with your dog, the foods not to eat, and all the usual. We've chatting her on the 10th of December about that on our special live episode. Uh, in terms of what we're doing, we have a big raffle as well. So all funds from the raffle go to DSPCA and the Haven Rescue. We have a lot of prizes lined up so far, so let me just give you kind of a few of those. So we have... Uh, wonderful wonderful gifts from a lot of very very brilliant amazing companies okay so let's go short we have here we go we have five by six piece Newbridge silverware Christmas decorations so uh, five sets of six pieces of Newbridge silverware Christmas decorations and each set is worth around 100 euro we have a 100 euro voucher for Kildare Village we have a 100 euro voucher for Pet fetch your pet needs we have a 50 euro voucher for maxi zoo which can be used in either any of the shops or any of the 12 salons around the country we have a hounds and helis man trailing introduction workshop voucher worth 90 euro and we have a, a similar voucher for man trailing introduction from glenard dogs we have a reva spa voucher worth 50 euro we have an Aaron Woolen Mills blanket from Carrie Dunn. We have a tractive dog GPS tracker with one year subscription. We have 200 mutmets for those responsible dog owners. And we have afternoon tea for two, courtesy of the Castle Hotel in Dublin. And there's many more prizes to be added before the big day. So doesn't that sound good? You're looking at this, lads. It's not one for everybody in the audience, but it's definitely our version of the toy show for doggies. So that all sounds like a cracking show. We hope to have some live music on the night as well, which we're really, really looking forward to everything there. We might have one or two artists. We're hoping to just confirm that now in the next few days. It's getting tricky now that everything has gone back to pubs and everything to nail down live artists this year. But it's, we're getting there. We're getting there. And all going well. Our raffle, our, all our work for Christmas, everything... Is going to be a fantastic show. And of course. The most important part is. Raising funds for wonderful charities. Like DSPCA. Who have been so so amazing. In their support. Helping us get the word out about our campaign. And so have the Haven Rescue. Who have also. They have asked us. To, uh, to make you aware. They do have their own calendar as well. So all our calendars will be sold out. I guarantee you. By the 10th of December. So if you do want to get support them directly. They have their own calendar as well. But if you want to support our calendar. You can buy it now on santapaws.thebigbag.ie Which is where our stream will also be taking place. For all our work for Christmas. So it'll be also on Facebook and YouTube. Overall everything looking good so far. Uh, we have over I believe over 100 calendars sold. We have them gone to print and they should be with us by Monday or Tuesday at the very, very latest. And they'll be going out, uh, the first batch of them will be going out to people who have all pre-ordered and they'll be going out on Tuesday. So that is looking really, really good. And we're very, very excited to see the finished product. Uh, I've seen the mock-up. I've seen what it looks like and it's looking absolutely fantastic. We have our highest number of dogs ever in it this year. We have 196 dogs in total. Like, I was thinking we'd get like about 120, 130 maybe. But it has just been overwhelming the amount of people who have got their doggies submitted for this wonderful calendar. So, overall, it's looking Really good. And we're looking forward to all I work for Christmas and everything that's to come on that wonderful show. Now, uh, I suppose what's next to talk about? Well, we let's give you a bit of background on Roxy for a moment and what's been happening. So obviously, well, I want, I'll give you a bit of background on Bruno and Millie as well, for those of you who don't know Bruno and Millie. I'll talk about Bruno and Millie first, actually, because they're the doggies that are here the longest. And, well, Bruno... 
I have mentioned this before, Paul Bruno is suffering from arthritis and hip dysplasia. So he is on a lot of, I suppose, a lot of medication. He's on a lot of vitamins and he's on a monthly injection as well to try and help to bring that down and bring down that pain and help with the pain. The most important thing is weight loss. So I have been trying as much as I can for to get Bruno out walking more and to get him just, I suppose, to get him out walking and to get him like out walking more regularly to lose that weight and it's more it's also important for Millie to try and lose a bit of that weight as well labs do tend to um get that bit chubby and I'm already finding that with Roxy as well she's getting that bit chubby here and that's something that we will be taking care of in the new year because Roxy and myself are taking up running uh we were out walking there on Tuesday was it Tuesday I believe no Wednesday we were out walking on Wednesday and we were down, as we do, down in UL, and we met so many dogs down in UL that day. We met, like, dogs I never met before. And Millie and Bruno, they're off-leash dogs. They're always off-leash when they're in UL. They love going over to everybody. There's one guy that we meet uh, called Dermot, and Dermot is a good uh, friend of ours by now because we always meet him, and we always chat away to Dermot and to Paul and a few of the lads and to John and to Alex. We chat away to all these guys that, I suppose I met through Dad because Dad met him first when he used to take the dogs walking and he's gone back walking again, which is great for him too. So they're gone back walking and Millie now is, Millie is around, she's going on 13. And Millie, I suppose, has been finding that bit harder and getting that bit slower. But my God, on Wednesday, when we met all these new doggies that we hadn't met before, Millie was galloping and like legging it over to them tail wagging all over the place super excited and i suppose showing roxy that like an old dog can learn new tricks so it's, it was great to see that like real energetic side of millie and it's something that i haven't seen in a while because she is that bit i suppose slow these days but look She's still got a lot of a lot of life left in her and she's going to be around for another long time yet so that's all are on I suppose, really, really here. And it's it's great to actually, I suppose, great to see that. So, Bruno then, I suppose Bruno is like, he's getting a bit better with the monthly injections. They're definitely helping him. So, it's it's great to see that too. And, like, they look, they love being out with Dad. Like, I take them out to Dad uh, during the day. Some days Roxy stays here with me. Other days she goes out to Dad. But, Roxy, like... Is, is very hyper. She can't be left out the front. You, like, you, you can't keep this little one inside the wall. And I say little one, but I mean like absolute giant of a dog at this stage. You, she, there's always that danger that she might go on the road. So she's not really off-leash as such yet. Una Millie will be out following Dad. Absolutely everywhere. And even yesterday, myself and Dad, we were putting up the Christmas lights outside. And we... um. Well, I suppose, like, Bruno and Millie, they were just, they were there the whole day. Roxy stayed out here with Jen. And, like, Bruno and Millie were just, never left our sides for the day, which is just, it's wonderful to see it. As for Roxy, so Roxy and I, as I mentioned, Dr. Ashley Bugler from Tree, Yvette, so we'll be talking about this in more detail shortly. She'll be joining me shortly. And, well, Roxy went through her first season, as it's known recently so what did i learn from that well look i know a lot about dogs going to heat dogs going to season for millie from previous years but there is so much that you have to like keep watching out for like you have to make sure that like you're watching her when she's outside because oh by god do i know from experience those horny little doggies from all over all over the parish where it gets out it's like it's like they're talking it's like there's a dog that goes down to the parish pub to the local pub like and goes in, and like it must be a local pub for dogs or something, where he goes in and he announces to every single dog in the whole parish, hey, Roxy up the road there up at Burks, she's, um, she's in heat, let's go, let's give her what she wants. So yeah, they they do tend to come now, luckily this time, not many actually did come to, I saw one or two snooping around, and they didn't really snoop around too long. Uh, like, Roxy's always kind of an indoor dog, 
and that's the way I like to have it, especially when she's in heat. It's always important to keep them indoors. I suppose the slight problem with keeping a dog in season indoors is that they do tend to drop a lot of blood, which is natural. This happens. And I like I do feel like I kinda got nearly a um it was nearly like a sex ed for dogs talk that I got, which you'll hear now shortly, uh, from Ashley. And like it's it's all like it there's so much that you like I said that you have to watch out for. You have to keep watching her that she's actually cleaning herself, that she's licking herself, she's washing herself after after the blood. You don't want that getting infected because that can lead to pyometria, which we know from Millie. Millie had a very bad dose of pyometria a few years ago. And she was in uh, with three vets for over two weeks there. So Millie had a very rough, rough time back then. But Roxy, in fairness, has been very good. And, like, Millie and Bruno have been very good. They've been, like, kind of watching over her and keeping an eye out on her and making sure that, like, there was no other doggies coming near her. They've been, like, I suppose it's the first time I've seen it. They've been so, so protective of her, which was amazing to see that. And I don't want to really go into much more of the, um, like, the doggy um, biological details. So I'm just going to, I suppose, let Ashley take over. And I'll be right back after this and with Ashley, Dr. Ashley Buckler. Do you have a pet in need of a vet? Or do you need some health advice for your four-legged friend? Whether it's for a regular checkup, microchipping, vaccinations, or critical urgent care, you can rest assured knowing that your pet is in loving hands at Treaty Veterinary Clinic Limerick and Shannon. Providing care for your pet since 1986. At Treaty Vets, your pet is our priority. Call our 24-hour number 061-328-511 or make an appointment through our website www.treatyveterinaryclinic.com or find us on Facebook or Instagram, Treaty Veterinary Clinic. Proud sponsors of the Health Hub on the Big Bark. Okay, so as I mentioned earlier on, uh, Roxy has gone through her first time in season. And as a lot of people know it, as in heat. And Roxy has been, I suppose, very clingy to me over the last number of days. And especially, like, even if I go next door to dad. And she starts barking and howling like a husky, of all things, as I mentioned earlier. So we want to talk a bit more about that from the, I suppose, the medical side of things. And I'm delighted to welcome back Dr. Ashley Bugler from Tree Vets here in Limerick and Shannon. Ashley, big welcome back to the show. Thanks, Sarah. How are you? Not too bad. Dealing with a puppy who's very um, emotional and it's... Uh, it's been it's seen as challenges i'll tell you that much so we're, we want to talk a bit about that today because i suppose like first of all like you probably see this quite a lot and like for me i actually thought roxy was maybe a bit young at first going into heat uh just going on nine months but looking up online that does seem to be quite normal as well so look i'll let you just kind of chat away and tell people what to expect, uh, the various signs, various uh, stages of uh, the season cycle for female dogs. Sure, sure, of course. And that's very normal for Roxy. You know, her age and her breed around nine months be very typical. So we do have a lot of people that kind of it's been, everyone kind of thinks it's the first teach is six months, but it's actually very variable across breeds. So um, smaller dogs tend to have their first season a bit earlier so around six months and then like larger breed dogs it can be anywhere from even 12 to 18 months I wouldn't need to be panicking so for nine months our oxy size is, is perfect um, and kind of as you were saying it can be very unpredictable the, the behavior that you see so but we'll go through all that anyway so I suppose just to kind of give everyone a background um what is the season what are we even talking about so I suppose um a dog season or as you were saying it's all always uh, otherwise known as being in heat um so it's kind of part of the, the female's reproductive cycle. So female dogs have a uterus and two ovaries, just like female humans. Um, and this gives her the ability to have puppies if, if we want them. So um, you're, you're, yeah, we, we've kind of gone through the first season, anywhere between six to 18 months. Um, and then after the first season can be a little bit irregular. You can see split heats or um, they can bleed for longer or shorter than, than you might expect. And then generally the seasons after that, tend to settle down so um dogs come into season usually every six to eight months but it can be every 12 months um certain breeds like the zengis they usually only come into season every 12 months and that's very normal for them 
So I suppose we'll just quickly run through the kind of main stages of a season. So I kind of like to keep it simple. Um, it kind of lasts approximately three weeks and there's, there's, there's kind of three stages. So when your dog is not in heat at all, that's called anestress. Everything's kind of quiet um, and that's your, that, that's not, they're not in season. That's just in between seasons. Um, so when you're, when, when the first, the first stage of coming into heat, I suppose, is called proestress. So this is when the estrogen levels start to rise and they're, they're, her body's getting ready to, to release the egg. So this is when you start to see the vulva starting to swell. So kind of the, the outside of her genitals under her tail where her where her urine comes out, the little V there, that's her vulva. And that might swell a bit um, and she'll start to produce a bloody discharge. So it may be drops of blood that you barely notice. It may be quite a large discharge of blood from the vulva. Um, so not to worry. Um, that that can be totally normal or you might not see any blood at all you might just notice that your 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 dog is licking herself a lot more in that area and, and she might not be producing much blood and so she's able to kind of clean it up herself you know with, with licking um so um that that's kind of the main thing i suppose then um it, at that stage you might notice behavior such as she male dogs are interested in her and other dogs are interested in her but she's not really interested in them she's not actually fertile in this time this is her body preparing to become fertile so although male dogs will come from 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 a, from a large kind of wide area around you to, to meet your to meet your dog in pro oysters she's not actually happy to meet any male dogs she's not ready yet so this stage can kind of last anywhere between seven to ten days but to keep it simple we'll say it lasts about a week um, and then after that week, we move into the second week, which is called estrus. So this is the fertile period. So this is when her estrogen levels drop and her progesterone levels start to rise. And this is when she's most fertile. So she have released her eggs and she's now going to allow herself to be mated. Um, the vulva will still be quite swollen, but the discharge will start to change from a bloody discharge kind of more to a clear pinky or yellowy straw color discharge. So you know then like a breeder would know or, or you'll know yourself that she's she's fertile and this is where she'll become very friendly to other dogs and um, you'll notice her maybe walking backwards towards dogs moving her tail to one side um, and and she wants to encourage you know to, she's in, she's encouraging males to mate her and um, so you know this this will last just a few days but we say it lasts kind of again about a week and um, so you know, then the next stage then is diesterous. So she's not fertile anymore, but she'll still be producing progesterone in case she has become pregnant. And um, so during this time is when her vulva will start to shrink down and um, she'll show less interest in mating. She won't be, you know, interested in males anymore. And um, she'll slowly start becoming less interesting to males as well. Um, and then I suppose this is the stage where if she's not pregnant, she might have a false pregnancy. So, um, you know, if she's if, if if this is the state where she's either going to become pregnant, not pregnant at all, or she may have a false pregnancy. So a false pregnancy is where a female dog, after being in heat, she thinks she's pregnant. So her progesterone levels stay quite high for a longer period of time. She may even develop kind of her, her mammary glands might become a bit bigger. And um, some of them even start producing milk, which is, is amazing. Um that she'll be nesting more, she might covet a toy. Um, her behavior might kind of change and that she either becomes more clingy or she may um be a little bit more you know standoffish and um, so these are all things to look out for um and sometimes people just say like oh my dog has been in heat for like two months it's, it's, she's not coming out of it and actually what's happening is that she's actually having a false pregnancy and um, so sometimes this will just run its course after a month or so it, it'll wean off but in some dogs they need treatment for that they need special treatment to kind of get them out of it um so I suppose they're kind of the main things. And I suppose, yeah, we've, we've kind of gone through a lot there. So I suppose if there's any questions there, I know, I think you had a few questions from people that they were, they had kind of queries about things um, and we can even talk about neutering or other things, whatever, whatever you want to kind of discuss from there then. Yeah. So I suppose like in a run up to uh, when dogs are about to go into heat, other than like the, the swollen area, is there anything else to actually watch out for in the run up to when they're about to go into heat? Um, so, I mean, as you were trying to talk about Roxy, they can become quite clingy, quite anxious, um, like nervous and fidgety. They might start nesting. But sometimes the first sign is they just go off their food. They're just not eating as much, especially in your young pup. They don't know what's happening. They're getting like like a teenager. They're getting these rush of hormones and they don't understand what's happening. So they may become more domineering. And um, you might notice them weeing more. So passing more urine and marking their territory with urine almost in a male kind of fashion. Um, because they're they're secreting pheromones and hormones in their urine which other dogs can then smell so that's kind of that can often be the first sign of it um, but generally like especially in a young dog you'll know especially if, if they're if they're a big 
hairy dog you might not notice but in a you know a, a terrier or a labrador or these kind of dogs you'll notice the vulva it can be quite obvious um or even like a french or a pug you'll see the vulva under the tail it's it's it, it can a lot of people get really worried about it because it's so extreme looking and um, so that's that's generally the first sign and um, that now or the behavior changes yeah the anxiety or going off their food things like that Okay, and that's actually something we definitely noticed in uh, Loxy, the whole Volvo, what has been, like, over the last couple of weeks, has been very swollen. Starting to go back down now, like, it looks like she's kind of coming out of that now, out, out of heat now, so hopefully she'll be back to herself soon. Um, okay, so <laughs> what can you do then to help your dogs? How what can you do to keep them comfortable when they're in heat? So, I suppose... We don't, a lot of people ask, you know, is it painful for them? Do they get kind of period cramps, I suppose, things like that. And, and the, the honest answer is we don't know. We can't ask them. But generally, most dogs seem to, most female dogs, they, they, seem, they seem to be quite comfortable. They don't seem to have abdominal cramps or anything like that. You know, they're they're quite, they're quite outgoing. They still want to go for their walks. So I suppose things you can do is just TLC. So first things first at home, like most dogs, they all get loads of love anyway. So keep that up. Um, encouraging them if, if they are off their food maybe just giving them something a little bit tasty um, or putting a bit of warm water on their nuts just to make them more appetizing so they do eat um, encouraging them to eat spending more time with them it's more even about be, being careful with them in terms of not letting them get mated especially on their first season you know it, it is really not a good idea to mate a dog on their first season we really like no one would say that's a good idea they're not they're not mature they're not fully sexually mature or grown it's going to lead to problems giving birth so it's really really important that the first season you, that you do not let your your dog get mated so if you take them out on walks by all means but they must be on a lead um take them at quiet times of the day go early in the morning you know or later in the evening when you know you're not going to have dogs coming up tormenting you left, right and centre and don't let your dog be unsupervised. I've heard stories, you know, especially of bigger dogs, German Shepherds, chewing through fences to get into each other. So really keeping a good close eye on your female dog that she's and that she's under your supervision at all times, especially for that middle week when she's going to be fertile. Um, don't leave her out in the garden unsupervised. Dogs will jump fences, she'll jump out. Um, and yeah, don't don't let her off lead in any kind of park situation. Um, it wouldn't be safe. So it's only just for those those three weeks, you know, just to keep her under kind of lock and key, really, um, until such a point that you either she's old enough to be mated if that's what you wish, or that you decide to get her neutered then. Perfect. And Shane actually was my next question: was it safe to bring her on a walk? Uh, when in heat. So you've kind of answered that one there. Uh, okay. So. Going back to earlier, you mentioned about male dogs can come from miles around. Like, how does that happen? How, like, from that distance can they actually smell the pheromones and can they actually get the scent of the female dog? Um, so I don't have the exact science on this, but um, I don't know if we even have exact science on it. But we know that, like, what dogs can smell is thousands and thousands and thousands of times stronger than what we can smell so um like we often say when dogs are sniffing the ground they're reading their females and they're sending their females um uh, because that's how they all communicate with one another so a dog will pee in a location and the next dog that comes along will get a message from that dog they'll know what that dog had for their dinner they'll know like what kind of dog it is what size of dog it is whether that dog is neutered or not so they can they can tell a lot from another dog's pee so um and like pee really smells like so we might not if you know if I can imagine I'm sure you probably had a few puppy accidents when Roxy's had an accident in the house when she was little and she had a pee on the mat and you can smell that in your house like you're like oh my god she's had a pee somewhere where is it and you're trying to find it so although so we can smell it when it's close to us dogs can smell it from quite far away they have thousands and thousands and thousands of nerve endings in their nasal cavities for smelling that we don't have um, and then again, the smell of the urine is so strong in the air, they can smell it. Um, so it, it, it is, you know, well known that dogs will come from quite a distance um, when they know there's a female in heat. Um, and I've even heard they like from one side of even say somewhere like Shannon, a dog on one side of Shannon being completely off their, a male dog, say, being completely off their food out of sorts because a female two estates over is in heat. And they like they, they they know each other or whatever, and he can smell he can smell this dog two estates over from his back garden, and it's putting him off his food because he's so upset, wanting to get over to her. So, um, they're quite sensitive about it, yeah, and it's quite a big deal. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they I don't know the exact signs, but that that's what I've heard anyway. It's almost like the uh, the icon or some of the dogs, really. But... <laughs> 
Uh, okay, I suppose the next one then, uh, the second last question I have for you. Is it normal for uh, the dog to give off excessive odours when in season? Um, so I suppose this kind of goes back to the urine. It's mainly the urine. So um, I suppose the first thing is, yeah, this the urine is probably stronger because of all these pheromones in it. Like you can buy, you can actually buy pet sprays. We probably talked about them during the Halloween and the New Year episodes, the, the kind of the pet remedy sprays that you can buy. They actually contain kind of similar to, the, they're, they're supposed to be analogous to, to, to pheromones. So um, that really does smell. And a lot of people don't like them because they do have a strong smell. Um, so the, the, the urine, when it contains those pheromones and hormones, it does smell stronger. Then the other part of it is, is the blood that the dog is producing. That blood is coming from the uterus straight through the cervix into the vagina and out the vulva. That blood is kind of quite a strong smell. Like, I don't know if you've ever had a dog with, with bloody diarrhea and that like the, the blood is quite an irony smell. Um, and if you're not used to that smell, it can be quite off-putting. Um, you know, it's really irony. And that's what makes a lot of people feel unwell when they see blood. It, you know, it can often be the smell of the blood is the issue. It can be quite um, yeah, obnoxious on your nose. So if you're not used to the smell of blood and if your dog is a female that does produce quite a lot of vaginal discharge, that would probably be quite off-putting. Um, and just, actually, while I'm on the topic of vaginal discharge, the other thing to, to just mention um, with female dogs, um, you know, in, in, in the weeks after their season, is if your dog does start producing um, a stronger smelling discharge, a creamy discharge or a yellow discharge, or even if she just seems off, off form, not eating, not drinking, and definitely any vomiting, diarrhea, um, excessive drinking, excessive weeing, excessive licking, anything like that, it'd be very important to get her checked out because um, what we can sometimes get, obviously when your dog's in season, the cervix opens up to allow sperm in to, to have puppies. Um, but if they're not mated or even so much when they are mated, um, what can happen is bacteria just from the vulva and the vagina can, can head up into the cervix, into your nice thick lined uterus that was ready to accept an egg. And those bacteria get into the uterus and they basically create a massive infection in the uterus called a pyometra. And that almost is like turning the uterus into an abscess in the middle of the abdomen. Um, and then this basically leads to the dog becoming toxic because the uterus is connected by blood vessels to your ovaries, which goes into your bloodstream. So um, it can make a dog extremely unwell and it can actually be, it can be fatal in extreme cases. So really, really important that if your dog is in any way unwell or you have any concerns um, during or after heat, that you get her checked out. Um, and just to be aware that if they don't have to have a discharge to have a pyometra, um, we have two types of pyometra. One is called an open pyometra and one is called a closed pyometra. So sometimes they'll develop an infection after their heat and the cervix will stay open, in which case you will see the pus coming out of them. In other cases, the cervix will actually close. It'll do what it's supposed to do. It'll close up and then the pus is trapped inside. And that's actually more dangerous because the uterus could rupture inside in your dog. Um, and that that then is, is very, very serious and they need surgery straight away. So um, just, yeah, what that is one thing to definitely look out for with your dog is, is, is any kind of infection or if, they're, if they seem unwell, yeah, let us know. And that's actually one that we're very familiar with here because Millie actually was treated by yourselves there about, what was that, about four or five years ago, I think. And I remember John saying to us, it was one of the most severe cases of parameter that he had ever seen in in his whole veterinary career. So it was oh, a very, gosh. it was a very bad one. And she was in, in the Limit Clinic for, I think it was over two weeks she was in. So, oh my God, she yeah. must, yeah, it must have been leaking or something, or maybe it was ruptured at the time. Yeah, it was. And she a, had to be on. It was a very big one anyway. And like, look, luckily she came out of it okay. Thanks, sir. You're great care outside there. And okay, I suppose one last question I have here, and this came in over Instagram during the week. Uh, are protective pants a good idea for dogs in heat? Now, I don't know much about these pants products but i know you can get them in like pet shops and stuff um are they good for dogs in heat um yeah we're starting to see more people using them i mean i think i think they're a good idea i mean who wants to have drops of blood all over their house you know it's not nice and again it'll help eliminate the smells and the odors um it's basically for anyone that doesn't know they're basically like a nappy put a nappy on your dog and you can get reusable ones or disposable ones and um, i i've seen them on quite a few dogs i think they're quite a nice idea um they, they kind of yeah they, they do mop up all that discharge i mean it's still quite important that you take it off daily like when you're taking them outside take it off so they can go for a wee in peace but as a nappy on and um, and they need to be obviously regularly cleaned if they're not disposable they, that inside lining of them needs to be washed every day um so it no they are good the other thing is they can sometimes act as a physical barrier you never know if you got caught unawares and a dog jumped into your garden or something went wrong they might actually stop your dog getting mated like 
it might work they might just push it out of the way but if it was quite a snug fitting one it might just be a little bit of a blockade to to something go you know going wrong um so no i think i think they're a nice idea i definitely if i, if I did have a female dog in season i think i'd use them and um, you know they, i don't think they have any downsides as long as you're keeping them clean and they're not too tight they wouldn't be causing cutting or anything um but yeah i mean i wouldn't want to have drops of kind of discharge around my house because they just it just it just drips out it does there's no there's no kind of rhyme or rhythm to it so they could be anywhere on you know if you have a white sofa or even a white doggy bed or anything it's kind of ruined so um yeah no i think i think they're a good idea i'd say go for it yeah that's exactly why i don't have white sofas in this house all, 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 <laughs> dark, all dark colors in this house well look ashley thanks ever so much for joining me today and all that very insightful information once again and we'll leave it there for today brilliant thanks so much Derek. i'll talk to you soon all the best do you have a pet in need of a vet or do you need some health advice for your four-legged friend whether it's for a regular checkup microchipping vaccinations or critical urgent care you can rest assured knowing that your pet is in loving hands at treaty veterinary clinic limerick and shannon Providing care for your pet since 1986 at Treaty Vets, your pet is our priority. Call our 24-hour number 061-328-511 or make an appointment through our website www.treatyveterinaryclinic.com or find us on Facebook or Instagram. Treaty Veterinary Clinic, proud sponsors of the Health Hub on the Big Bar. And a huge thanks there to Dr. Ashley Bugler from Treaty Vets, uh, Limerick and Shannon for chatting to us about, I suppose, dogs in season and what you need to be aware of, all the different things that you need to watch out for. And, well, some great advice that she gave me there for future times when Roxy is in season as well. So just remember to you need to just like ensure that your dog is kept inside away from other dogs especially unnewed male dogs because you don't want an accident to happen especially when they're a puppy you don't want your little puppy again knocked up by a dog they heard about down in the uh, local pub and okay i suppose now it's uh back to christmas and given that we're in december now we are talking now about christmas ads did have involved dogs because it's a brilliant ad that had come out this year that I'm going to talk to you about in just a second. So I suppose ads in general that involve dogs. One of my favorites is the Budweiser ad uh, that has it was out for I believe the Super Bowl uh, a number of years ago, and I had a little golden lap puppy and the Clydesdale horses, and uh, and how they became best friends. That was a beautiful ad. Then you have the John Lewis Christmas ad from 2016 featuring Buster the Boxer. And Buster the Boxer loves seeing his child owner bouncing on the bed every night. And Buster would really love to be bouncing. So eventually, look, the ad, I won't spoil it for you, but eventually the ad, Buster gets his, I'm playing a bit of it now, but uh, I don't know if you, you, it's only music in the background, but... Buster jumps in ahead of the child who just got the trampoline and Buster basically steals the trampoline and is bouncing everywhere and it's the happiest, happiest dog going and everyone else thinks it's the weirdest thing ever but oh, Buster's loving life and I'm just watching it there now and I absolutely love that. Now, it's a, uh, and the theme of that was gifts that everyone will love. I suppose the one this year that has taken everyone like and captured everyone's hearts is from a little pub called Charlie's Bar up in Enniskillen. And it has already has over 31,000 likes on Instagram. It is an absolute fantastic video. It features an elderly man who goes to the grave of a loved one on Christmas Day. He walks down the street after this. And he runs into, I suppose, random people who don't even acknowledge him. And it just feels like he's, he's he feels like he's being ignored, but he meets this other young couple, and the young couple have a little dog with them. And in the when they go into the into Charlie's bar, the dog runs over to the man and jumps up next to him, and just it's it's beautiful because then like the owner the girl owner comes over, and she starts chatting to the old man and he invites him to sit down and 
well, basically they have a conversation and it's something that for a lot of old people is very, very hard to do. It's hard to like make friends. And the actual whole, I suppose, the caption of the video and the main quote is an absolutely beautiful concept. And it's a quote that they have on it by W.B. Yeats. And it is, there are no strangers here, only friends you haven't just met. Only friends you haven't met yet, sorry. It is a wonderful video. Check out Charlie's Bar uh, on Facebook and Instagram. They're based in Enniskillen. So check it out. And it is a, just a brilliant, brilliant video to check out. So uh, on that note, uh, we are going to, just in a moment now, we'll be joined by uh, Samantha Rawson for to chat a bit more kind of going back to what we were talking about with Roxy being in heat but more so on this side we're going to be talking about separation anxiety so and how to help dogs with separation anxiety so stay tuned and I'll be right back after a word from our sponsors We found our dog Roxy on Dogs.ie and when the people from Dogs.ie learned about that, they asked me to share my experience. Using Dogs.ie is so straightforward. We were able to navigate the site and filter by our chosen breed, which for us was always going to be a golden Labrador. We knew we wanted a girl and we were able to find a wonderful breeder in Tipperary who we still stay in contact with and share regular updates about Roxy. And they always look forward to these updates. We found the breeder so helpful and pleasant to deal with and we spent over three hours in Tipperary playing with Roxy and the other puppies and we knew from meeting Roxy's parents and the breeder and our family that these dogs were so well looked after. Roxy was quite nervous on her journey home but Jen and I made it super relaxing and she curled up in Jen's lap all the way home. She sat slowly that night in her bed that we had got for her and I even took the next day off to get a head start on the training. Everything on Dogs Are is super safe. They offer so many tips for prospective new owners and they really have the dog's welfare at heart. We also checked out the helpful ebook, which I highly recommend and you can find at dogs.ie forward slash book. Along with the contract template, which Dogs Are provide, it's super helpful in knowing the legal stuff you need to be aware of and you can find that on dogs.ie contract. Dogs are here have just launched a new puppy pack and more info can be found on dogs are gifts. So as I said a uh, dogs are are our sponsors for the current run of episodes. They're the main sponsors of the show for the next about eight, eight ten episodes thereabouts. So we will be hearing a lot more of different stories from Dogs Not He over the coming weeks and how they have helped so many dogs get in I suppose get into good homes and how to connect how they've connected like owners with responsible breeders and okay now to go back to our I suppose our uh, section now on dealing with Roxy and her I suppose so her anxiety, her separation anxiety. We're going to have a chat now with uh, Samantha Rawson. Clever Canines on the Big Bark is brought to you by the Canine College, run by champion dog trainer Samantha Rawson, a regular contributor to RT Radio and Television. Samantha is a certified canine behaviour consultant and with 30 years experience in the field, she has the knowledge and understanding to help any dog. Our services include individual dog training from basic to competition standards, assessments and behaviour consultations. The Canine College is set on five acres with a secure paddock and an indoor classroom. See thecaninecollege.ie or find us on Facebook for more information. And we're delighted to be joined this evening once again by Samantha Rawson from the Canaan College. Samantha, how are you doing? I'm good, Dara. How are you? I'm great now, great. Looking forward now to the run-up to Christmas and <laughs> wrapping oh, up for a few weeks. Yes, well, well, yeah. well, with the coldest there at the moment, we're all, we're all wrapping up a bit. Now, Samantha, yeah. this evening you're chatting to us about separation issues. And mm-hmm. I suppose 
One thing that I saw a few weeks ago there, Roxy went through her first heat cycle a few weeks mm-hmm. ago. And she was a lot more clingy and a lot more, I suppose, like, whingy than usual. And even if I left the room for five minutes, she was crying and barking. So, like, there are different things that can lead to these separation issues. Um, Just, like, want to hear what your views are and uh, have you chat a bit about separation mm. issues. Okay, I I suppose it's important to differentiate like an issue rather than genuine separation anxiety. Um, People tend to um, get the two confused. So Roxy might have a separation issue, as you rightly say, because she was going through hormonal changes in her body. And obviously being a dog, she doesn't understand what's happening. And she might feel unwell and she might have also suffered um, abdominal, very difficult word to say, cramping. Um, so she was just a little bit um, insecure and looking for reassurance. Um, true separation anxiety is usually when a dog can't even be physically separated from you, even within the same room. It, it doesn't it doesn't require you leaving or for the owner to be absent. Sometimes true separation anxiety, a dog will get anxious if they can't be immediately next to you. Um, they, the kind of sure signs of, of a real separation anxiety case is defecation, urination, um, biting around the door, physically trying to escape from the containment. So if they're contained in a room or if they're in a crate or whatever the containment is, that they are actually physically trying to escape from it. Um, that they're seeking the, to be rejoined with the owner. And it's specifically the owner. Like last week, I was dealing with a case that you would think might be separation anxiety, but it actually turned out to be a noise fear, that the dog was fearful of a noise from outside the house and was trying to escape the room, but wasn't necessarily looking for the owner because once she escaped the room, she stayed in the property and she was quite happy to stay at the property. So that wasn't a true separation issue or anxiety because she wasn't seeking the owner. She was trying to just escape from the room she was in. So we identified that it was actually um, noise uh, fear. So so separation anxiety is always looking for the owner or looking for uh, human companionship. Um, uh, sometimes dogs can be anxious about being separated from another dog. So say like Roxy, you have a bitch in season and it has to be separated from the male dog in the house. Well, then even being separated from that male dog, if it's never been separated before, can cause an issue because, you know, the dog doesn't understand why suddenly I can't hang around with my best buddy. So little issues like that. So there are lots of separation issues. So some of the reasons can be frustration because the dog isn't used to being contained. Um looking for reassurance, being a little bit worried, you know, fear of noises, fear of something inside the house, fear of something outside the house, maybe trying to escape from um, uh, another dog within the house. Um, So true separation anxiety, the dog will only settle when it's near a human being, basically. So so that's why we say issues rather than anxiety, separation related. The the kind of professional term is separation related issues um, because there are many reasons for a dog to be anxious. And it's it's trying to identify the reason before we can actually come up with a solution. So I would imagine with Roxy, it was physical and hormonal, um, but also probably been separation separated from Bruno. Um, and that she obviously had to spend more time with you because you need to keep her separated and then looked for she was replacing that need for companionship with you. So then she got very insecure when you left because she's she's looking for um, that reassurance and companionship. And then also she wasn't feeling well. And if you're not feeling well, you don't really want to be. Sometimes you don't want to be on your own if you're not feeling too good. Okay. So does that, does, yeah. does that, would that describe Roxy for it, you? It would. Now, at times as well, like Jen could be, Jen could actually be here and minding Roxy. Like say yesterday, for example, now I was out next door with the father putting up the Christmas lights next door outside. And mm-hmm. because Roxy can't be out around the front at the moment, because she's a little tear away at times. 
So we can't really have her off leash that much unless it's in the back mm. of the house. Uh, she was actually here looking like with her two paws up against the back door, like just looking out at that door the whole time, even mm. though Jen was here. Right. So that so that that was probably wanting to be with you, but also wanting to be outside. And she's probably a little bit frustrated because she's not used to being prevented from doing what she would normally do. Do you know that that suddenly things aren't allowed that were allowed up to, you know, a few days ago. So and the fact that yourself and your father were out there and she associates you with with fun and activity and the front garden with activity. So sometimes that can be frustration. So so a dog can maybe chew a door um, out of frustration if it's never been used to being locked in a room or not used to being behind a closed door. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's got true separation anxiety. It could be frustration. OK, OK. And let me see. Uh, there was something else there. I'm trying to think out of my head. Um, so, OK, so, how, how do so, you how do you separate that from being over reliant on you as well? Like. Okay, so so yeah, so so one of the questions I always ask an owner is, is the dog used to being on its own when you, the owners, are home? And when I say on its own, I mean also separated from the other dogs in the house. So has Roxy ever experienced being on her own in the house, i.e. separated from the other dogs? She'd be separated from the other dogs because they often go out to dead during the day. And okay. dad takes the two of them walking because they walk off lead. And he's yeah. not, he's not exactly able for Roxy. But it would be very rare now that she would um, be on her own without me or Jen here as well. Right. So so what I would suggest is then that she hasn't, she hasn't actually learned how to cope on her own. And that's something that needs to be taught. Do you know what I mean? So so you would need to, to start teaching her that because... I suppose dogs that grow up in a multi-dog household technically always have company. Um, and and it, it wouldn't occur to an owner to kind of put that in as part of their training. Like, why would you, you know, um, why, why would you enforce isolation on a, on a social animal? It doesn't sound fair or kind or, or, you know, a nice thing to do. But because there are going to be times in a dog's life where they are going to be on their own, we have to teach them as part of their education of living with us humans, because it's not something dogs would ever be if they were left to their own devices. Dogs are social animals. They would tend to always have company. So it's it's because they live with us and that might arise that we have an obligation to teach them. OK, OK. And there's actually a, a question came into us uh, there only there last week i was just looking to find it there and i have it just here now uh whenever the owner leaves the house the dog is 10 months old and it's a little miniature dash round. whenever the owner leaves the house the dog despite no matter what they've done with toilet training the dog the dog still actually uh urinates all over the house despite months and months of trying to toilet train and it only happens when the do- when they're actually not home Right. So so that could be an indicator of separation anxiety because the dog is anxious and worried and is defecating when the owners are absent. If the dog is clean when the owners are there, then you would say it's not a house training problem. This is um, could be a symptom of anxiety. So the way I try to address that problem is that I will get a dog used to being um, ignored while they're in the room with me. So they're not barricaded or, or contained in any way. They're in the room with me, but I will ignore them. So I give them some attention and then give them a a signal that says that's enough. You know, the emotional shop is now closed and I will completely ignore them. So I suppose that there are three elements. So there has to be emotional separation, physical separation and visual separation. And all of those things have to be taught in stages. So then once the dog can maybe stay in a room with me, but be happily ignored um. And then, you know, lie in its bed. So I'm ignoring it. So there's no physical contact. There's no emotional contact. Then I might disappear out of the room and make a cup of tea and come back again. Or I might just walk out of the room and come back again. So a bit like, you know, as children, your parents might play peekaboo with a baby. So you disappear, come back, disappear, come back. And those moments of disappearing just gradually get longer and longer. So you might be gone for, you know, 30 seconds. Then you might be gone for a minute. Then you might be gone for 32 seconds. Then you might be gone for a minute and a half and you build it up very slowly. But what you're trying to say to the dog is 
do not worry when I disappear because I will always come back. And um, but what people do is they the time they disappear, they're not coming back. And it's usually disappearing through a hall door, which is the only door the dog isn't allowed to follow the owner through. So I always teach puppies that you can't follow me through doors. You know, you, you have to either stay behind the baby gate and you can see me disappear and come back again. And then gradually I will close a, an actual solid door. But it's always done in in steps and baby steps and only going as far as the dog can tolerate the big mistake people make is they go too fast too quickly and they go beyond what the dog can cope with and then they're right back to square one um so it's about teaching a dog to kind of be ignored while they're with you then kind of emotionally ignored then physically ignored so there's no petting there's no touching and then visually ignored that you don't even look at them and then, as I say, you might disappear momentarily and come back momentarily and come back. Um, and then sometimes dogs are very attached to one particular person so that if that particular person leaves, they get really freaked out. So you might need somebody to babysit to replace you while you disappear and come back and you disappear and come back. So they're not completely on their own. They are actually being babysat by, you know, by another person. And then they, they transfer their dependency to that person. And then you kind of increase the amount of people in their life that they can kind of be babysat by anybody. It doesn't have to be a particular person that they kind of have, you know, a, a couple of, of known family friends around the place and um, that they're quite happy to to stay at home with that person while their owner goes out. So it's very similar to children um, and how the how the dog is actually reared by the breeder is really, really important in this. Um, professionals talk about um, Balby's attachment theory. And Balby was, was a man who um, did studies on children. So they found that how the pup is reared and its attachment to its mother um, and whether it was, you know, had a secure attachment and was well brought up and was well reared and was separated from mum at the right age really does affect how dogs cope in domestic settings. So again, everything goes back to breeding and rearing. So if your dog has had a good breeding and a good rearing and was well brought up by the breeder, it's usually then well set up for um, being able to be separated from the owner later on. But going back to your case, Dara, sorry, I've gone off tangent a wee bit. Daxies are, can be some line breeding in Daxies they can actually be very anxious little dogs. So what I would say to that person is try and get the dog used to being in a room with you and ignored completely. And then maybe with a barricade. So whether it's behind a little baby gate and you disappear and come back so that the dog can't follow you. It's very difficult to teach a dog how to cope with being alone if you allow a dog to follow you around the house. Because the only door, as I say, the dog can't follow you through is the door you leave the house through. So it's not fair to allow a dog to follow you around the house and then suddenly you disappear through the hall door and the dog can't follow you. Um, so it's about teaching the dog that you, when you leave a room, you will come back very shortly. And sometimes when you come back, you might just sit down and ignore the dog completely. So you haven't come back for the dog, so to speak. You were coming back anyway. So lots of short little disappearances and coming back. And if you can give the dog some kind of... Um, you know, security blanket, whether that be a dog toy or your own blanket or a sweater with your scent on it, and um, that you can give the dog something that it can snuggle up to, that it can surround itself with your scent or its own scent in an effort to um to reassure itself. Um, it's a bit like, you know, if anybody's ever broken up with a lover or, you know, your lover's gone away, um, you might snuggle into a sweatshirt recently worn by them and smell their aftershave or their perfume. Dogs will do pretty much the same thing. So it's really important to leave something with your scent for the dog to, to kind of snuggle into and reassure itself with. That's fantastic, Samantha. And once again, uh, thanks for joining us, Zine. We'll leave it there for Zine and, and it will be back to us next weekend to chat all about prepping your dog for the Christmas season. Great. Thanks, Sarah. Clever Canines on the Big Bark is brought to you by the Canine College, run by champion dog trainer Samantha Rawson, a regular contributor to RT Radio and Television. 
Samantha is a certified canine behaviour consultant and with 30 years experience in the field, she has the knowledge and understanding to help any dog. Our services include individual dog training from basic to competition standards, assessments and behaviour consultations. The Canine College is set on five acres with a secure paddock and an indoor classroom. See thecaninecollege.ie or find us on Facebook for more information. And a big thanks once again to Samantha Rawson from the Canaan College for joining me there this evening. And that's all the time that we have this evening. Don't forget, next week we are back with our Christmas special. We will have all our work for Christmas happening next week. And, well, all the details for that are available on our Facebook and Instagram. We will have all the links and everything up in the next couple of days for that so that you can live stream it from the comfort of your own home. And don't forget to enter our raffle. Don't forget to order our calendars. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. We're on them all at the Big Bark Podcast, bringing all the canine stories to you. From me, from Roxy, from Bruno, from Millie, a very good night to you all. And we'll see you next week for All I Work For Christmas. It's the Big Bark with the latest of the canines The Big Bark, all the doggiest headlines With your hosts, Dara, Millie, Roxy and Bruno They're the kind of dogs that you know It's time to talk about health, nutrition, training Talk with canine professionals, owners and dogs It's the Big Bark, the Big